Welcome to the Go Big Redcast with Dave, Honky, Boomer, and Redcast Rob. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I'm with Honky. Whoa, Nelly. Welcome to Redcast 2.0, now being live streamed via YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. We're enthused, we're refreshed, and we're ready for spring ball. <laughs> At least hockey is. Uh, also, with Redcast Rob. Well, guys, I guess everyone's going to just have to get used to seeing my face made for radio. I'm not going to apologize for it. It was all Honky's idea. <laughs> yeah. Through the day. Also, the Redcast Boomer. Well, I just want to know, are we doing the uh, post-podcast handshake, or has that been thrown out completely? <laughs> it's a dangerous proposition, Boomer, uh, but it's a tradition that we would like to continue here. So we'll, we'll see if we can get through the show uh, without fisticuffs. <laughs> I make no promises, Dave. That's <laughs> Well, don't push me, Boomer. <laughs> uh well, hockey. This is uh, some snazzy new confines we got here. Can you uh, describe um, what our our listeners, if they were watching us on YouTube, Twitter, or Facebook, would be seeing? Yeah. So right now, uh, this is a streamyard, and a shout out to Ken with Generation Red Pod. He uh, gave me uh, some of the insight onto this, and it's a it's a great tool to be able to do a lot of very cool things and. We not only want to be going live to live stream like we have been the last few weeks, only to to YouTube. Now we're doing it to our other uh, social media streams, so that should be a lot of fun and uh, great ways to interact with you live. Uh, for our traditional podcasters, we still will be posting uh, our audio podcast tomorrow as as usual. So uh, all that stays the same, but uh, this really opens up a lot of opportunities for us. And I, I guess one of the first ones it does is that. We're going to start doing a few more interviews uh, coming up here and uh, Sunday, February 27th. Uh, don't have an exact time yet, but uh, Rob and I will be talking with Husk guys and Jim in Minnesota. And then on Monday, March 7th at 2 p.m., because Rob loves to get these afternoon and lunchtime ones in, uh, we have Brandon Vogel. Very lucky to have him with uh, the managing editor, Hale Varsity. So you can follow him at Brandon Vogel. And you can follow Husk guys at Husk guys and Jim in Minnesota at Huskers MN. So, you know, we've got some some good shows coming up there. Spring ball is coming up. It's an exciting time here at Redcast 2.0. And, uh, you know, look, we're getting enthused again. Let's get enthused, all right? Honky just loves all these toys. You can just tell yeah. that he just loves having new toys. <laughs> and uh, this thing has got him giddy beyond belief. Uh, you know, Rob, there's a, a lot going on. And, uh, you know, we, you always like to remind our, our listeners – about Hell Varsity and the opportunities there to, to check a well subscription. That's right, Hell Varsity. If you uh, go to hellvarsity.com and uh, subscribe and go on the subscribe link and enter Redcast at checkout, you'll receive a discount um, on your Hell Varsity magazine. Uh, like I love to say, I love the physical feeling of actually holding a magazine and reading articles. Do you um, trust the magazine? I, I do. I, I hold it right here in front of my face, mostly so that I don't have to look down when I'm reading for personal reasons. And, uh, you know, that's generally where I read my magazines and, um, you know, and, and I like it. It's good quality. It's not going to just kind of flop around and, and get bent up and 
it's it's good reading and it's all huskers all the time so almost a hard copy practically it's so. yeah yeah absolutely and then while you're there you can also go onto their um merchandise section or their um their their stuff i'll call it their stuff and you can uh buy some redcast gear you know buy the hat like what i'm wearing honky's got a sweatshirt on there pretty much anything you want we can the throw jacket. a redcast label on sure. there and um you know, you can go about and represent us around town. Um, one thing we don't sell on there is our Redcast stickers. I may try to fix that, but we've got some pretty cool stickers that we uh, have put together. Let me see if I can find one. That's really me being professional podcaster there and going right over the top of my magazine, but or I mean the, my microphone. But these are our Redcast stickers. Pretty cool. Nice vinyl, high quality. They won't be breaking down anytime soon. Dave, it's still the best looking one on those. Is stickers. that a problem with stickers that they break down too often? Or sometimes, sometimes they just start to peel weird. Like if you put them on your car, you know, outside, you run them through the car wash once or twice. They're not weatherproof. To run. They aren't one hundred percent weatherproof. No, right. they're not. But all right, you know, ours are guaranteed are not to break down in the environment for at least a century. So no <laughs> worries. <laughs> unlike unlike balloons, they won't be killing any animals. That's right. Boomer, uh, let's uh, get uh, the uh, drink du jour out of the, the way here. What are you drinking tonight, man? Well, uh, I was inspired by our discussion last week with uh, Honky's adventures and his early years of bartending, or excuse me, his early years of bar going. And uh, since he thought it was the Roman Coke, I took it upon myself that such a thing needed to be created. So to, I was inspired myself, uh, kind of a two-parter first uh Thought about the the calamacho. It's a popular drink from the Basque country of Spain, which is traditionally a cheap, dry Spanish red mixed with Coke. It's popular there. It's kind of like a sangria. Uh-huh. Then I also decided I needed to give it that kind of Italian Roman flair to it. And then I thought about sweet vermouth on the rocks with a twist, which always makes me think of Rome, the way the sun hits the building. So <laughs> combine the two. Spanish uh, about seven to you three know. ratio wine and a, well, let's say six wine, one vermouth, and then three Coke. Actually, Diet Coke, technically. Add a couple twists of citrus and serve it over ice, and you get a nice, tasty drink. That sounds delightful, Boomer. It's now the Roman Coke, so there you go, Hockey. Such a thing there now exists, go. at least in our, our world. The uh, Red Cashers listening in from Italy, I'm probably would be uh, will be indulging in that before we know it. It'll sweep the sweep the continent, Dave. So. Both, really. I don't know why I wouldn't. All right, sounds good, guys. Sound good. Well, um, I think we're going to tackle some uh, the uh, some interesting uh, kind of in the Wait, news article. Dave, Dave, you don't want to know what I'm drinking. No, Rob, because oh. it's a non-alcoholic thing of fakeness. I don't know what it is. Oh, it's the Kool-Aid. I'm going to make right. sure. It is the Kool-Aid. Rob, Rob doesn't really understand the different medias that we have, Honky. You really need to teach him that, yes, we now have video capabilities, but we are still doing a podcast. Um, the visuals don't work in uh, in that realm, Rob. Just make sure you understand that. I, I, I do, which is why I made you say it out loud yeah i'm gonna be saying it a lot from here on in i have a sense i'm gonna just i need like an interpreter for you of some sort um well anyway um uh, uh, tackle some uh some interesting uh news of the day do some scarlet colored glasses and uh do a little uh, baseball talk uh, looking back at a a rough first week and uh previewing a little bit of the tcu matchup uh so honky you want to start us off with uh in the news yeah, well, uh, we have three different topics we're going to go over today. And the first one is 
uh, basketball, but it's not our basketball team. It's the basketball, the other big basketball story, I guess, of the Big Ten besides Nebraska. Uh, Michigan and Wisconsin had a had a little throwdown, and uh, it went like this: seventy-seven to sixty-three. And Juwan Howard not going over immediately to shake hands. Now he's going to get in the line. Interesting finish here. 77. Oh, see, and they're going at it. Oh, yeah. Howard and Guard are not happy right now as the two of them continue to have words. We told you Jawan Howard was not happy about that timeout. Yo! And Jawan Howard just threw a right hand. And now we got a scrum. We have a scrum in Madison. Players are pushing and shoving. This is an ugly scene. This is an ugly scene. Oh my. <laughs> well, well, that was just lovely. <laughs> my, my first comment on that, that entire situation right there, Juwan Howard absolutely deserved to be suspended for just the way he threw that punch alone. I mean, who throws a... And it's not the fact that he threw the punch. It's just just the way that punch looked. I mean, you can tell that guy's never been in a fight. Do you think he would get suspended longer than the remaining five games of the regular season if it was closed? He should be fired just for the fact that he can't throw a punch. Uh, Well, Boomer, uh, you know, I mean, I don't think uh, uh, tensions have run that high at the end of a Nebraska game in a long time because we typically lose by, you know, double digits uh, like we lost in Northwestern tonight. So not a lot of that happening in the uh, the handshaking going on at Nebraska games, but obviously Wisconsin and, and Michigan um, not happy with each other and um, not a good way for, for either coach, but especially Howard to, to look there on air. No, it's, it's an odd look. And that always kind of just makes me wonder is why is, why do we look kind of let that go in sports as much as we do? I mean, Dave, do you ever like to have an issue where like the, you have a disagreement with the, the budget, maybe somebody in city council and you just come <laughs> to fisticuffs and slap each other around, maybe you get suspended for a week or so, and then you're back in the office. I mean, it's, it's just odd how it slides and, and we let it go in sports so many times, but uh, you know, any other job, it's, you probably get arrested for something like that, or at least, you know. Yeah. Something yeah, to that yeah, effect. Yeah. It is odd how we let that slide. But yeah, it's a bad luck for coaches to do that. You're you know, you're you're supposed to be setting the example and you've got to look better than that. I know passions get heated and these sorts of things and it can be tough, but and tempers can flare and but yeah, yeah you you've got to be bigger than that when you're when you're the head coach. So yeah, it was a messy coach end, obviously. Yeah. There was a there was a timeout called there. The timeout was called because Michigan was doing certain things. Um uh end of the day though, I mean you just can't really do that. And, um, you know, it's it's probably not good for the Big Ten either for, for a look per, per se. But I would imagine that uh, Howard will somehow recover from this. Hockey, your thoughts? Well, yeah, you, like you were saying with Nebraska, we haven't had that much fun at a game, you know, at the end of the game. <laughs> not a lot of passion time. right now. That's... Yeah, the, the passion just isn't there. I, I mean, you can't hit people. I don't, know what to, I don't know what else to say. And I guess with Howard, too, that wasn't the first time that he's had – this similar kind of issue uh, with other coach. And at, I don't know if it was the end of the game the other time, but um, I think it's appropriate. And the big 10 did come down. Uh, they suspended him for the last five games, remainder of the season. They fined him $40,000. Uh, there were some other suspensions there. And then uh, Wisconsin, they find uh, their head coach, 10,000 great guard and has suspension one game for a student athlete there. 
Um, and then the Wisconsin athletic director came out and gave like a really weird uh, statement where he was basically like, well, it's not, uh, it's not the coach's fine. It's our fine. We'll pay the fine for him. And, and that was it. So, yeah, I mean, I think this, it ends up kind of being, you know, just, you know, guys will be guys and we'll just move on and not a big deal. And we'll get into the, uh, get into the postseason. I think that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, I mean, um, unless it happens again, uh, I hope maybe this will, will die, die off. But uh, in other news, uh, the Big Ten made uh, quite a bit of uh, uh, noise about uh, the big payday that uh, now is being expected. It sounds like uh, everyone is going to be bidding on uh, the media rights deal for the Big Ten next year. Um, or later this year, uh, so it won't just be ESPN or Fox, really, but we're talking about CBS, NBC, um, the streaming services, I would imagine. Sounds like um, it could be a, uh, a bidding war that could bump up the total package to over $1 billion. Um, keep in mind that the, the current record is $440 million, I believe. Is that right? Um, so it's it's doubling uh, or more what uh, the, the Big Ten is, is currently bringing in. So um, if you think we've got a lot of really nice facilities over the last decade or so because of the Big Ten money, um, wait till you see what we get next, right, guys? Yeah, all facilities, but can we get that third baseball coach? Can you know? I don't know. Yeah, uh, no, no pennies to be found anywhere. It just yeah, they can can't we, be done. But can we, can that we find the money for a, a jumbo statue out of that boomer? <laughs> well, I'd like to think so. Maybe jumbo <laughs> and bummy. We can get both out there. I mean, it's well deserved, finally, and yeah, we. Got to blow the money on something, so we certainly can't pay the players. So it's got to go, got to go somewhere. So, mm. and that'll break the curse. I mean, it's been proven at this point. There's no other explanation <laughs> for men's sports. So, haven't won the Big Ten since we let them go to Indiana. So, hey, we, it's we've not lost a game since the Redcast has been on Streamyard, football-wise. That's true. So there is that. That's very true. Boomer, or uh, do we have any comments yet coming in uh, from our live streams? No, mostly just fun comments. Uh, uh, Ken believes uh, the Roman Coke needs to be a T-shirt, so I said we can put Rob on that, so that'll be a good one. So, And people are excited for the red cast on the rocks, and that uh, stream looks great and specifying hockey. So there you go. Oh, well, oh, yeah. well, cool. That's very nice. That beanie uh, in particular, I think, oh, it's really the ticket. <laughs> yeah. And last but not least, I think uh, in terms of in the news is in the last week, they announced the college football playoff is not going to expand, at least through 2025. So it's going to stay at four teams. And some people uh, are really frustrated by that. Some people don't want to see it expanded at all. Uh, I guess, Dave, I thought you had a, a really interesting kind of viewpoint on it. We, we actually posted your text to, uh, to a tweet back on Sunday or whatever day it was. But your idea is that uh, – if you're frustrated, if you want the if you want this to expand more than four, and it's not happening right now, if you're frustrated by this, there's actually, I think maybe a, a sliver of hope here between how this could open it up beyond just ESPN by having it actually, you know, extend all the way through t- 2025, and and then you know open up you know for bidding. So I guess expound on that idea. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, I think the the Big Ten media rights deal is a, a precursor potentially, right? I mean, the idea here is that live sports is more valuable than ever because it's about the only thing you actually need to watch in real time to really get the full effect. So advertisers clamor for that. Um, and you also have um, not only the traditional networks, but the streaming services trying to get in on this business. 
Um, I mean, look at all the expansion of Peacock and Paramount Plus and uh, all those type of things. Uh, you have YouTube TV, um, you know, Amazon Prime, all dabbling uh, Yahoo. I mean, into, uh, you know, actually doing streaming for live sports because it's so valuable. And so even though I could you bring that graphic back up, actually, I'm, I'm doing the Rob here, but um, folks, hockey had a nice graphic up that talked about and, and ironically, it's an ESPN graphic go figure, but mm -hmm. it, it states here in bullet point two that the, uh, the conferences in Notre Dame have forfeited roughly 450 million in potential revenue by staying at four teams. Um, well, that implies they're forfeiting it because they aren't expanding now. But to expand now, you would have renegotiated with ESPN. They have sole negotiating rights at this present moment. Um, and so I, I doubt ESPN would have just simply renegotiated and still let the term end in 2026. They, they're going to extend that out. Um, so ESPN would get this locked down for you know eight years, plus or minus, uh, I, I'd be guessing. And um, we'd continue to have ESPN control the narrative of all of college football because they have the majority of, of the media, uh, Fox really only being their only competition and not having nearly as many games. So, I mean, I, I guess on the bright side here is you could look at 2026 is um, um, kind of breaking away from ESPN because I, I think the opportunity here would be to have this go out to market and have everyone compete for it. I could see multiple, just like the NFL. Think of the NFL guys. Does just one of the uh, TV providers carry all the playoff games? Is it just Fox? Is it just ESPN? Is it just AB or ABC or NBC? No, all of them. Uh, NBC, CBS, Fox, uh, all had uh, playoff games this year. NFL right? Network. So it's NFL Network too. Well, NFL Network own they own themselves, right? But yeah, uh, but they didn't do playoff games there, Rob. I don't believe they had regular season games. But uh, point taken is that it's it's a really diverse uh, uh, list of providers that, are, and so they they all want to bite at that apple, and so the opportunity here you you may be able to divvy this up after across multiple platforms and multiple providers and uh, make way more than four hundred fifty million that they just gave up. Right, we're going to take a little longer to get it. But I think the, the payday is coming um, if you expand to 12. And, um, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that there isn't other issues out there um, that need to re be resolved. Uh, you know, there's the Rose Bowl. There's um, where the first round games are played, all that type of stuff. Um, but to the point of some of the complaints, even from the athletic directors involved, is like those seem to be petty disagreements. Well, they're, they're pretty disagreements that might be a, a, just a kind of a veil of what they really were trying to achieve, uh, which the Alliance did not want to sign this off to ESPN. They're like, no, we're going to wait till 2026. And I'm telling you right now, if, if you were the Big Ten commissioner, hockey, and, and you were trying to negotiate and ready to put your position in your conference this year to have Fox and NBC and everyone else bid on your product, would you want to go ahead and sign away the playoff to ESPN and not let them in the door? Don't you think they probably have had the big tens ear saying, Hey, why don't you just wait four more years and we'll give you way more money. Um, I just, I think people have, sh have short sighted this and let ESPN actually control the narrative about, Oh boy, we missed this huge opportunity with the playoff. When in reality uh, in four years, the, the payday is coming. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, that. That is our news uh, of the week, <laughs> Dave. So, 
right. Silence. No one else has an opinion on this. I mean, I, Boomer, I had, help me out here. I had an opinion at first, but I, I think after hearing what you had to say about it, Dave, I, God, I can't believe I'm saying this. You made a hundred percent like sense and it, you're right. I think it does. It has to do with the fact that once they let that ESPN contract expire, we'll probably see this brought up again. I, I just, I can't disagree with you there. It was, it was, it was logical, Dave. So. Yeah. Although it does uh, bring up a couple of good questions though. You know, even if we are waiting for this next, next scheduling uh, contract to come up, what there are all these other issues that come with expanding a playoff. And are these, you know, disparate commissioners and conferences going to be able to come to some sort of agreement on it? You mentioned some of the things. I mean, as much as it annoys Nebraska fans, but the Rose Bowl seems to have incriminating photos of a lot of Pac-12, you know, <laughs> fans and Big Ten fans, and they're willing to <laughs> to defend that stupid bowl to – to the ends of the earth, making sure they get their coveted New Year's Day time slot so we can all stare in, in awe at the sunset on some random mountains that, you know, great. But that's going to be a sticking point. Sand and then are majestic. I'm sure they are, and they're lovely, but, you know, whatever. And then you also have the issue of, you know, how many games are we going to play? You mentioned that. Where are they going to play the games at? Is it going to be conference sites? Is it going to be where we're going to continue to outsource this stuff to neutral sites, you know, in, in the South, you know, the way a lot of people seem to want to do? And then what sort of impacts is this going to have on just regular conference scheduling? You know, you've got conferences like the Big Ten scheduling nine conference games. The SEC is going to continue to skate with eight or whatever they do. Are they ever going to be able to make all this work? I mean, is I sure they've got that big siren song of hundreds of millions of extra dollars out there. But does there seem to be any sort of unity in this sport about trying to do what's best for everybody in this sport? Um, I, I don't know if there is. So who knows if they'll ever be able to come to some sort of agreement on this. And that is kind of a worry a little bit, uh, you know, where this yeah. could go. Yeah. I mean, is it, like you said, there's $450 million possibly there for the taking, which they could have gotten and they passed on it for all these other random issues to a degree, I mean, you know, but, but you're probably right there. There is probably some hope that there is more money coming down the pike, but, We'll kind of see on that. Uh, we did have a few questions pop up here. Um, one from Jason Stinger. So is the Big Ten, ACC, and which other conference had voted against expansion? I believe the Pac-12 was the other one. It was yep, uh, eight right. to three votes. So the out of the 11 uh, conferences that are involved in this, the, the Big Ten, ACC, and the Pac-12 are against it. Uh, you know, Big Ten and Pac-12, you know, bowling to the Rose Bowl and, you know, wanting their own things. ACC, I don't quite know what their justification was for voting against it, but. Yeah, I mean, they're tied to ESPN. Yeah, they're so in ESPN. Yeah, their, their media the rights are tied in for eons. I don't know. And, uh, man. Yeah, co-worker Eric asked, did the alliance accomplish anything? Uh, well, there it was. They voted against PLAF expansion. That's the one thing the three were able to agree on. You know, was it just mm-hmm. a PR move to offset SEC expansion? And yes, yes, it was, so. Yeah, keep keep in mind. I mean, I mean, the SEC was controlling the the conversation. They had a subgroup that Greg Sankey was was leading, and uh, they they were the one that recommended the twelve team. They recommended it. Uh, I don't know a year ago or whenever. And a few months later, suddenly Oklahoma and Texas are invited in the SEC. I mean, uh, so it felt like they felt imminent that they were going to get twelve a twelve team playoff, which they could get four or more SEC schools in that way, which would be, you know, relatively attractive. You could lose two, two or three SEC games and still make the playoff for goodness sakes. Right guys. But um, now they're going to have to muddle through at least a couple of years with Texas and Oklahoma uh, in the conference with only probably two uh, SEC schools making it. 
Yeah, it, I, it's such a hard way to come up with some kind of a solution for that too with the number of teams that you let in because, you know, obviously you want to have guaranteed uh, bids, right? Like from from the, I guess the four big conferences if, or five. Some people don't agree with that, Rob. Yeah, oh, I know, I know what you're saying, and I know what you're saying, and that's and that's there and lies the issue, right? Like, I mean, you know, why does the SEC? get four or five teams i mean you say it just matters more but i mean coming into this year you know everyone's talking texas and oklahoma but coming into this year texas had the exact same amount of wins since 2000 since they won their championship essentially as nebraska did they had the exact same number of wins that nebraska has had since they've won their since texas won their championship with vince young so i mean 2006 yeah so i mean it's not like it's not like texas is just some like world blowing up thing and that texas is automatically guaranteed to be getting into the playoff but yet you know these these teams you know oklahoma maybe but i mean we'll see what happens when when they go in the sec is it is this whole thing just kind of like a farce with smoke and mirrors because you know every year it seems like it's the same two or three teams in the sec that are up at the top and everybody else is just kind of they're apparently growing the power rankings because they're an SEC team just with the moniker. So, I mean, yeah, I, I know agree. Honky agrees with me on that one too. And, you know, it just means more, right, Honky? Yeah. So until, until they get past doing eight-game uh, schedules and, and non-conference big games being at neutral sites like uh, Georgia and Oregon played in Atlanta, uh, until you get done with having Bethune-Cookman's, you know, routinely being played in November, there's a lot of, there's a lot of inequities in how teams and how schedules from conference to conference are done. And until you get that point, I mean, you know, right now I'm fine with it staying at four right now until you can, they can get through the next few years and today's point, get a lot of the, the, the media rights figured out, it, get this beyond ESPN. I think that that will be helpful. And if it expands, it expands. If it doesn't, I, I'm not, I'm not heartbroken either way. Uh, there's a lot of people, Brett Ciancio, Pick 6 Previews, he's a huge supporter of it, staying at four. So, I mean, there's there's going to be people on both sides of it. But at the end of the day, I, I'd like to see more equity within how we schedule and how uh, we view some of the, the conferences. I just think the SEC is – it's top-heavy, and it's top-heavy with a couple of really, really good programs. But, damn, man, they – you know, it, it trickles down to where, you know, people start thinking Vanderbilt's good, and, and that's that's a problem. <laughs> that's that's I mean, a narrative. I mean, even thinking Tennessee is good. I mean, let's be honest here. You know, it's like Tennessee is, is, are they, are they still on that blue blood list and, or are, were they ever on that blue blood list? But people no, talk they're, about, they're not, but they're... people talk about them like they are. And I mean, let's, let's be honest here. And the reason why they do is to build up that, you know, whole persona of the SEC. And, and quite frankly, it's, it's, you know, it's the ESBSPN. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I hear you. And now, Scarlet Colored Glasses. All right, guys. Well, I mean, I think that's probably probably enough of playoff expansion talk for now until something else happens. Uh, Honk, are you ready to talk some football? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Let's put on our Scarlet Colored Glasses. And uh, sounds like we have some tweets of the week, Honk. What do we got? Well, so it starts off here with a week ago, we talked about how Frost and the staff uh, they made quite a bit of news by going on, taking the entire staff to Omaha and going to the Omaha Coaches Clinic. Well, last week, Mark Waller, who uh, he coaches uh, with Elkhorn South, but he's also been the, the Lincoln North Star and I think Lincoln Northeast head coach in the past, too. And so he's the president of the Lincoln Football Coaches Association, and they had their clinic 
uh, event last week too. And the entire staff came to that. And so he tweeted, uh, greatly appreciate Coach Frost and the entire staff of Nebraska football coming out to the event and special thanks to Coach Nander and Whipple for giving great uh, presentations. Um, following that, another tweet of the week was that we have a commitment and it came from Sam Sledge in state uh, legacy. We talked about him last week. Bob Sledge uh, was his dad and he was a football player, uh, offensive lineman back in the 80s and was an all-conference player. And so we now are starting to build up the commitments coming from the in-state list. And I talked about that last week. And to show some of the in-state recruiting right now, we have eight players from 2023 that all either could or potentially do already or could have offers. And Gunnar Gotchula, Benjamin Brommer, um, and Sam Sledge already have committed to Nebraska. They're from Lincoln Southeast, Pearson, Creighton Prep. Malachi Coleman, 6'5", 175, a wide receiver from Lincoln East. Maverick Noonan, 6'4", 222, defensive and outside linebacker from Elkhorn South. They all have offers. And then three uh, players that are getting you – know, each have three stars and they're getting uh, a lot of uh, look right now are Zane Flores, the quarterback from Gretna, Brock Knudsen, an uh, offensive tackle from Scotts Bluff, and Benny Nagoy from a wide receiver from Lincoln High. Um, there's a good chance, I think, that one or two of those three could be getting an offer. And uh, the one that probably won't, if I had to make my guess, is, is Zane Flores, the quarterback. And the reason why is because tonight we have a new recruit, William Watson, the third dual threat quarterback, six foot 185, class of 2023 from Springfield, Massachusetts. And he had offers from Arizona, Boston College, Kentucky, Michigan, and several others there. And uh, that was a big get tonight. It was kind of a surprising get, kind of came out of nowhere. He did come to the junior uh junior day a few a week or two back but what's interesting to me with watson is that you know he mentions a couple of the quotes i saw read tonight i've been working with whipple since i was in sixth grade when he was at umass and uh i think that he trusts me trust me similar to the way i trust him with his offense there's an answer for every situation every defense he has an answer for it and he has multiple plays like that i feel the way i feel like the way i can read a defense is perfect for both of us what intrigues me is that He's listed as a dual threat quarterback. He's certainly mobile and Whipple was going after him even at Pittsburgh. So when you think about Whipple's offense and, and what can it be, can we have a, can a quarterback still be running in it? Could you run some option? Oh uh, no, he's just going to you know run the stuff that he was doing uh, back at Pitt and, and everything. No, I mean, he's, he was even willing at Pitt to go after a quarterback that had more mobility than uh, Pickett, Right. Uh, so, uh, We've got the quarterback now. If you look at the recruiting class for 2023, updated with Watson, uh, there's Gotchula, there's Brommer and Sledge, the in-state kids, but there's Dwight Boodle, and that would be DiCaprio's younger brother, cornerback 5'11", 165 from Miami, and then Watson, now the quarterback from Massachusetts. So, uh, you know, it's starting to come together. It's early, but to have five recruits already out of this and four of the five are on offense, uh, you can certainly see a, a trend there, Dave, and – and the trend is towards offense, and I'm just really intrigued with, this, with the quarterback spot right now. I think a lot of people thought the second Whipple got hired, you know, Rob singing, pass the ball, and, you know, if you're going to pass the ball, you got a Whipple. And, you know, at the very least, we've recruited some QBs that can use their legs too, and that, that excites me. Uh, when's the last time we had a recruit from uh, Massachusetts? My goodness, I don't know. Tony Ortiz was – now he was Connecticut. I'm trying to think. I mean, we don't go up into the into the New Englandish area very often. Isn't that? I mean, basketball was invented in Springfield, Massachusetts, right? 
Yeah, geez, I thought Connecticut was in Massachusetts. <laughs> Rob's lack of knowledge of geography. I mean, the old, yeah, New England, right? I, uh... <laughs> Isn't that <Yeah>. a state? <laughs> um, no, I mean, it is state. interesting. I, I, I guess this is where I would say again, where I think Zane Flores should get an, a, a scholarship because even though it sounds like he had. Uh, Pops, Pops Watson. I love the nickname Pops. That's great. Uh, has a good relationship with uh, Whipple, and um, they obviously trust each other. Uh, that you know, a quarterback from from Massachusetts uh, coming to Nebraska. Um, I, I I mean, maybe he gets here. Maybe he he doesn't. If he gets here, maybe he stays. Maybe he doesn't. But um, I think that's a perfect reason why you take a second quarterback here that's in-state kid who is just right down the road and you don't have to to worry about your um you know your offensive coordinator's protege uh leaving at any time especially with Whipple I mean by the time that uh, that pops Watson is starting for us you know Whipple's going to be 68 69 years old I don't know how long Mark Whipple's going to coach so I mean just I just feel like this is a, another reason why you should take Flores mm-hmm that's just my opinion. Yeah. Well, and, and he had seven quarterbacks on scholarship at Pitt. You know, yeah. that he wasn't, he's not opposed to having numbers there. Frost in the past from day one here said he wanted five on scholarship. And to your point there between, you know, Torres and Heinrich and Smothers and then Purdy and, and Thompson, you know, the likelihood all five of them that there's no movement that 12 months from now, all five of them are still here. Just the way the college football is seems like people are, are moving around a little bit. And the, the guys that have transferred here are going to be less likely to transfer out. They'd have to be sitting out a season. But the point is taking two quarterbacks in a season doesn't sound so weird anymore. I mean, no. really, we just took three. We've taken three now in the last two months that are going to be on the team next season. Now now with uh, – Different grade levels, but to your point, I mean, we, it, we've added it, a lot to the room. Levels. Yep, absolutely. Well, uh, what do you think about his, his height, right? He's only six foot, which I think is really mm-hmm. interesting. I mean, if they listen at six foot, he's probably 5'11 at yep. best. Um, and, you know, it's probably kept maybe, I think he has a pretty good offer list, to be honest with you, right? Oregon, Michigan, a few others, uh, definitely power five offers. Mm-hmm. Um, and he started his freshman year in in um, in Massachusetts. So, I mean, obviously, extremely talented Um uh, kid um, sounds like he can throw the ball ar- around the yard. It really smart. Um, obviously, if he starts a freshman, you got to really understand the game early. Um, so, but it is interesting. Um, it, he's not as big as 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 someone like Flores or like uh, Torres or Harburg. Um, mm-hmm. So he is a little bit shorter. But there's there's a lot of quarterbacks out there that do just find it six foot. Yeah, it's a just it's a it's a different body build, body style. You know, it's the dual threat, right? Where we, the back in December, those initial QBs, the ones that we were looking at and not getting right away, the guy from like USC and maybe the transfer from Slovis. Yeah, yeah, there were some other guys too that we didn't get and people were starting to freak out and oh my gosh. And I was just, first off, I didn't, that wasn't the QB I was looking for anyways. And I was hoping that we continue to maintain at least some dual threat kind of ability out of our QBs. And so far, every single quarterback that they've now gone after since Whipple's gotten here has matched that. And what's interesting with Watson, again, is that Whipple, this isn't Whipple coming to Nebraska and adapting his style because he's working under Coach Frost. 
he was already going after and, and working with Watson for the last few years up in Massachusetts anyway. So he was interested in this kid if he had stayed at Pitt. And that shows me that, you know, his offense can be very adaptable to different types of QBs and, and do different things. Cause I keep forgetting Pickett. Is that the thing? I should need Pickett. Yeah. Pickett. Jesus. I, I keep thinking Pickens, but pick, I think Rob was saying Pickens on a previous show and we could suck my head. Pickett. Anyone that watched that guy, I mean, he was not mobile. That that guy did not have near what about the, the fake slide. He was running really fast. That that was amazing. Straight that on. was amazing. But but you know you the the skill sets that he brings compared to the skill sets I think that we're going to have with Thompson or the skill sets that we could you know have if Smothers was playing. You know, they are totally different, and yet you can adapt. And and as Watson says here, you know, with his offense, there's an answer for every situation and. And he can find a way to get a QB to play. I'm really interested to watch this spring and see how he uses the five QBs that are going to be here. Really, the four, I guess. Torres, I don't know if he's how much he's going to be doing coming on off the injury, but the other four is to see how he utilizes their skill sets, you know, specific to each one. Smothers might be doing some things different from Heinrich, or, and so on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, all right. Well, I mean, you know, that's a it's a pretty good start to the. Uh, class already, right? Is that five or six? Um, that's five with you know, multiple in states and a couple of uh, East Coast kids. So that's a it's a really good start, and it'll be interesting to see where where they pick up with this momentum um, over the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they haven't even started with Texas or Florida yet. Yeah, <laughs> the well, Boodles from Florida. Oh, he's Boodles from Florida. Boodles, Florida. Well, and we, we have also, we, we also have the camp schedule that just came out in this last week, and some of this will you know, work with some of our recruiting, but the coaches clinic uh, is coming up in March 25th to 26th, open to all high school NAIA NAI and D3 coaches. The featured speakers are going to be uh, Arizona's Cardinals, DC Vance Joseph, uh, brother of Mickey, and then former Atlanta Falcons head coach, Mike Smith, or at least they're expected to be, is what, uh, what I read. The pipeline camp for the linemen, that's going to be Saturday, June 18th. And then there's a couple of Friday night light camps, Friday night light camps on Friday, June 3rd and Friday, June 17th. So recruiting opportunities, opportunities for fans to get out there and, and see uh, some of the, the up and coming players uh, come here. And I'll still, I'll never forget going to the one five, six years ago where Micah Parsons came to it and was running routes, That's right. running pass yeah. routes, you know, and was probably never really serious about coming to Nebraska, but just, you know, having them on the field, it was kind of fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with the COVID year, it's so crazy. I mean, Michael Parsons played three years at Penn State. Already, he's got a one year in the book books uh, in the NFL and in the Cowboys. And there's there's guys from that same class that are like I don't know, redshirt juniors or something <laughs> like that, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like I don't understand it. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. They're gonna be sixth year juniors next year, probably. So. Yeah, Micah Parsons is gonna be a three year vet by the time they get to the league <laughs> if they ever get there. Oh, just nuts, man. Just nuts. Um, all right, guys, anything else football wise? No, I think that it, like I said, it's kind of a light week, but uh, yeah, we'll uh, it's gonna start up real quick next week now, on Monday. We've got spring ball starting, so there'll be plenty to talk about there, and and uh, we'll start to give some some spring previews. I know when Rob and I talk with Jim in Minnesota and Husk guys, we're gonna be doing a lot of uh, talking about you know the, the spring camp and what we're expecting and what we want to see, so that'll be a lot of fun. And now, around the Van Horn. All right, well, let's uh, take it around the Van Horn and talk a little baseball here. Um, 
and um, I guess we can all be disappointed, even though we had different expectations um, for the first weekend uh, for Nebraska baseball. I had I'd, I'd hoped for two and two. Um, I don't know. Rob probably said six and oh or something like that because they were going to be bowl eligible. I can't remember <laughs> exactly what it was, but um, ultimately they go one and three. Uh, Boomer, I think you followed along pretty closely. Obviously, the Friday night game on ESPN Plus, I was able to catch uh, most of that. And then obviously on Husker uh, radio and, and Twitter, um, Sam Houston State got the better of the Huskers. Uh, most of the time, even in the Nebraska win that I think was a 12-9 game, it was a little bit, a little touch and go there at the end. Uh, but uh, as I said last week, uh, first first week or two of the season can be rough for these northern teams. It's hard to get going, and um, you know, baseball is baseball. Yeah, I think you put it right. I mean, it's a it's a game that preaches patience, uh, so it doesn't necessarily lend itself well to the modern. Uh, Twitter, social media kind of thing, you know, panic at, at every game. And so it takes time, like you said, Dave. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, it's tougher road to hope coming up here with TCU. They're playing pretty good ball and they're a good team. So we'll, we'll have to see just taking those steps early on here and hopefully starting to steal a game or two on some of these Texas road trips, I think is what we need to be shooting for here at this point. So, well, yeah. Dave, you know, I being on Twitter last weekend and, me not being an expert on on the game of baseball, there were people that were certainly starting to freak out. You know, we already have <laughs> we have pitching problems, we have depth problems, our starters, you know, we're not hitting well, all these things, and uh, we're we're probably doomed for failure. And you know, I I kind of had the audacity to respond to somebody I can't remember who it was, but I basically saying it feels like there's some spillover from our other men's sports, football and, and men's basketball, namely that you know those seasons didn't go well. And then it, it, we start off and we lose right away in baseball. And it just felt like it was this continuation. And, 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 but no, I mean, the, the kickback I got from that was no, we really have these issues with our pitching. We really have these issues with, with, uh, you know, fielding with, with all this. And I don't know. I mean, Dave, you had a chance to watch and listen to, to, you know, some of those games. I mean, are, were we, were we a ways off? Were we close? You know, what was the, you know, is there quite a gap that you saw right away or was this pretty much what you expected for the first four games of a team that's, you know, hasn't been playing outside much and it's, it's February. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, no, I mean, yeah, we've had issues like this before when we started, right. I mean, to judge this team on the first weekend and say like, well, that's who we are for the rest of the season for the next three months is just ridiculous. Right. I mean, it just doesn't really, doesn't work that way. Um, and I mean, you know, one and three is not not the way anybody wanted to start. Will Bolt will tell you that. Um, but I think you, you really look at each individual player and start breaking down how well they they performed, and and you start you know start from scratch there uh, for for next week's games and trying to get these guys prepared to um, you know play better uh, individually and ultimately as as a team, right? I mean, like, I mean, one and three. I mean, sheesh. I mean, like, I don't know how often in in the major leagues you may. I have some team that starts off hot in May and then they still only, only wins, you know, 65 or 70 games and, and sometimes the opposite. I mean, Rob, I mean, what would you consider in the major leagues? What's a, the, the kind of like the, the, the number you want to hit to say like, Oh, that was a really, really good 
year. How many wins does a, a really good team usually hit? Well, I mean, Just honestly, like honestly, 90 wins is the benchmark for baseball, right? I mean, and a lot of times you've got teams that are making it in the wild card with with somewhere in like the mid to high 80 wins. All right. And that's, yeah. there's 162 games in a season. And, um, you know, I had the honor of growing up with one of the great uh, baseball minds on the mic and Bill King. Um, he has his Nebraska roots too. From Nebraska, he, yeah, he did. Sure. He, he called some Nebraska football for a little mm-hmm. while and, and I'm not sure maybe some basketball, but you know, he's also, you know, the voice of like the Warriors, the A's, the Raiders, he did, he's done everything. And, but he is one of the most brilliant sports minds that you could listen to. And, and growing up listening to him, I could probably between my dad and, and Bill King, I probably learned more about sports between, between the two of those than anybody else. And one of the things that you will always hear is it's not about winning every game. It's about winning the series, right? If you've got a four game series, you want to go at least two and three. If you are a three game series, you want to go at least two and one. If you've, got a four game series if you split it that's excellent you at least want to get out of a series with a win too you don't want to get swept and with all and i realized last week i was doing the whole kool-aid thing and everything but realistically baseball is also one of my favorite sports and 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 the realistic way to look at this dave and and you and i agree on this there is no spring training in baseball and these teams basically coming out of nebraska are going from like an indoor practice environment going out playing games not only that but my lord that field that they were playing on um, against Sam Hughes this week was fully artificial turf, right? Everything was artificial turf. There was barely any dirt out there. I think only right in front of the bases and it's just a whole different feel out there. It's almost like you're not even playing baseball in my opinion. Cause that's, that's a whole different you story. You have a but lot of that in, in college these days. You, yeah. You, I hear what you're you saying. do. And, but it, you know, so it takes time to like really just like wake up. And I would say that in a, what did, what did they play a 56 57 game season i think it is this year yeah 56 um, is i think the and max. and so i mean so what they've got now they've got 52 games left the first 12 games are basically spring training and if they can come out of that 500 even a game over or a game under that's a good start in my opinion for a team like this and there's no yeah. reason to freak out the pitching's going to be fine starting pitching's going to be fine some of our relief pitching was lights out it was it was fantastic um, the bats are going to come around. Those are always the last thing to wake up, you know. And- okay, so I'll I'll do the a little bit of the devil's advocate thing then. I guess comparing it again to basketball and football, which I think some fans were were taking the frustration from those previous sports to this. Both of those seasons started with bad losses. Western Illinois for basketball, Illinois for football, and it was a red flag for the remainder of the season. And, and we felt that way in both of those sports both of those teams coming out of those first games season opening losses were there any red flags at the very least maybe maybe you know this is you know, preach the patience and everything but did you see any red flags were the things that you didn't like that you weren't expecting to see that you saw that you're like oh that could be a problem you know throughout the year and n- not including potential injuries you know i i know um uh was it uh our, our pitcher there at the end uh the one game was shoot i see it I'm not worried about pitching. I'll, I'll just answer real quick my my thoughts on that, Dave. And I'm not worried too much about the pitching. Um, again, that'll come around. My biggest red flag would have been the defense. They had seven errors that led to eight runs over the weekend, and that's a lot. Um, you know, that's that's like that's a lot. Um, that's not college World Series baseball, right there. Seven errors, seven errors that led to eight runs, um, and they were outscored by quite a bit in this series. So, I mean, that's that to me. If they could have corrected that, you know, it could have looked a whole different. Uh, 
Yeah. Dave. I mean, I, I, I mean, tr- the pitching wasn't good, obviously. I mean, that's not, I mean, they gave up too many runs, obviously. Uh, but I mean, that, that can come around, um, and will come around. I mean, they have, they have quite a bit of talent there. Um, and I mean, I just think, you know, when you start off a season like this, um, you know, I mean, I, I'd be looking for, uh, you know, hustle plays, attitude, all those type of things. If some reason this team is full of itself and and thinks that everything they're just going to go out there and win games um, that aren't playing the type of baseball that Will Bolt uh, adheres to, that's what I'd be concerned with. But uh, this team didn't look like that. They just you know just didn't really put it together. I, I, and I'm, I'm looking at Sam Houston uh, baseball Twitter. Um, I don't know if anybody's on there right now. Uh, 25 minutes ago, um, they just upset number four Oklahoma State. Sammy Houston State just beat Oklahoma State, the number four team in the country. Um, what was the score? Just curious. Not that it matters. Um, they they five run tenth. They won sixth. No, Oklahoma State now ruined because they lost to lowly Sam Houston State. It's so embarrassing to lose to the Bearcats. Right? I mean, it's baseball, guys. I mean, like, if you – Major League Baseball, you win 100 games. That, that means you went essentially six and four every 10 games, right? That's all it is. Um, I mean, in, in, in college baseball – uh nebraska goes 34 and 22 and and we you know make the the regionals no problem right 34 and 22 again you're talking mm-hmm. 600 ball you know, it's a long season plenty of games to play plenty of chances to play a lot better um i mean if we are struggling a month from now let's have this conversation again that's a very different conversation sure. and the pitcher um, the pitcher that I, I didn't mention jake bunce he was the one that did have the injury oh, yeah. at the end so yeah. you know hopefully i i haven't heard any follow-up on i have not on no, his I mean, situation and i guess so let's look forward dave you know now we're done with sam houston state they are they're now probably going to make it to the college world series since they beat oklahoma state tonight yep absolutely so what are we looking forward to next week now against TCU? How did TCU do last week? And anyone see their record? Or... TCU went three and one. Uh, Lost to Cal. Yeah, and they won. Yep. Everyone. They beat Houston and San Diego State. Uh, they play. They beat Stephen F. Austin tonight down Walking Taco Tuesday at, down in Fort Worth. So <laughs> next time you're there on a Tuesday, make sure you catch that. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And then did I think they were supposed, supposed to play the Walking Taco Tuesday. Walking so. Taco Tuesday. Yes, yeah, so a classic Texas dish there. So the Walking Taco. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think they were supposed to play the Roadrunners tomorrow, but canceled due to inclement weather. So it's supposed to snow down there. My understanding. So. Yeah. Okay. So, Dave, what, what are you expecting, I guess, you know, or what are you hoping to see besides just wins this weekend against uh, the Horn Frogs? Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's interesting. I mean, TCU uh, has uh, been a, a Big 12 power before that, uh, kind of a Mountain West power under uh, Nagel, uh Jim. Uh, but he's no longer there. Uh, he um, departed uh, to Texas A&M. Go figure. Uh, apparently, mm. A&M decided that um, – uh, Rob Childress, uh, not not going to get him over the hump. So they're giving a, a rival Big Twelve uh, coach um, uh, some better digs down there in in Aggieville to see if they can uh, you know bring home a, a College World Series title. Um, TCU though promoted Kirk uh, Sarlos, I believe that's how you pronounce him. Rob, he, he was a uh, major league uh, pitcher for oh seven or eight years, including. Uh, for your beloved Oak, Oakland A's, right? Yeah, you mentioned that to me before, and I actually, I mean, 
the name sounds familiar, but that was like post Giambi A's early aughts, you know, it wasn't. All right. So he didn't have a time. memorable major league career, but the point yeah. is he actually, he's a Cal State Fullerton guy. Uh, so he's under kind of the George Horton uh, coaching tree. I uh, joined TCU almost a decade ago. They've had some phenomenal pitching staffs there. So they promoted from within. Um, so I don't see a big change in, in the TC philosophy. Um, I'm sure pitching um, will be of primary importance to, to uh, their success. I think they'll be good. Um, they're, we're playing at Globe Life Field. So they're not actually playing at, at TCU's home park, which is um, on the west side of Fort Worth. They'll be in Arlington. Globe Life Field is the new stadium for the um, uh, Rangers, not the old one. Both of them are still there. Uh, the new one is a domed stadium. So these games should go off without a hitch. Um, and Rob, to your point, it should feel like real baseball because that's a, it's a huge, big stadium. That I think they have has. a retractable roof, don't they? They do, yes. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, if it's nice enough, I'm sure they'll they'll do that. But they also uh, love their um, AC down there. So, um, <laughs> I, I would imagine the roof will be closed. That's my guess. Yeah, I imagine it will be too. And it's college baseball with the metal bats. They're going to want to see that ball fly. Um, yeah. And and I think too, not only are they playing TCU this weekend in Arlington, but they're also going back to Arlington to kind of do a off and on with Northwestern state and UT, UT Arlington too. Right. So, um, you know, they'll, they'll, they have four games there. So it seems like they're going to be spending a lot of time in Texas over the next three weeks. And yeah, they may not be leaving. I think it's kind yeah, of how it's going. Yeah, I think yeah. they're probably doing some virtual yeah. classes and they're just, yeah, that's, that's, that's the beauty of zoom nowadays. You can do this from anywhere. Of, yeah. So. You can do, you can do, you can do uh, baseball from zoom too, apparently, but yep. yeah, uh, hopefully they're getting their fill of water, Whataburger down there. Cause everyone needs to take out the trash every now and then. And that's <laughs> right. That's right. They do have in and out down there now too. So. Oh, well, at least uh, they have good food too. <laughs> well, you've so, got a few comments here uh, from loyal listeners. Uh, yeah. Coworker Eric, one of our big baseball fans, he he comments uh, similar to what you're saying that uh, we'll look back at this weekend and think that we should have taken the series, but a lot of ball to play for a team that has to replace a ton of experience productivity from last year. It's good. Uh, listener Ken says, uh, "Sam Houston of the College World Series at a betcast lock, Dave." So get, get that in now. Lock it down. Yep. That's fine. And then uh, somebody, it looks like Mike Marty Honke says, uh, "Happy birthday, Coach Osborne." So I don't know who that could be. So yeah. I think I think that's Honky's parents' shared Facebook account. I, I, I figured that I figured that out. Oh, that's so that cute. I, yeah, Mike and Mike cute. and Marty have a, share, a shared account there. So yeah, that's that's really cute. Um, and apparently Boomer has something hanging over his camera that we do. It's it, it's a piece of paper I used to block off one of the lights. I just can't get the camera positioned right. I don't want to blind everybody. So it's oh. it's that or it's that or just pure whiteness. So take your pick, folks. <laughs> hmm. That sounds like the red cast in general. Uh, so anyway, hockey. To your point, I mean, I I, I want to uh, see uh, competitive baseball. I'd love to get uh, love to go two and one. That would be phenomenal. Uh, that would be a big corner. But I would probably be okay with one and two, uh, knowing that they then would have uh, some opportunity now with really the rust all sh- shook off and 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 playing and we're staying down there so they should get a lot of practice down there mm-hmm. to take uh down northwestern state in in ut arlington uh in you know four games the following week and you come back from texas around 500 um and and 
you're, you're going to be okay. Be okay. Um, so one, yeah, that's the one whole. tweet from uh, Kendall Rogers from Sunday that I thought was good. He said the the brightest spot for Husker baseball so far today has been the bat of Josh Karen. Karen is absolutely tattooed two balls, one for a double, one for a single. So again, you know, and that's a, a fairly new name. I mean, so we're yep, sure. and and I guess you know also like you're saying too with the pitching expect to see you know the starters be able to start to go a little bit deeper you know into in the week two and in the week three i mean that's just you know i'm look i i'm forever an optimist right but but uh it just it drives me crazy and I, every sport it doesn't matter which one it is, just drives me crazy on, on social media when people just they jump ship on on game one game two and it's like come on people let's go you know Yep. There's, there's and, be and it is just for Northern schools, it's really tough. I mean, just because, I mean, like the, the LSUs and Floras of the world, um, their, their pitchers have been, you know, pitching um, and with live ball stuff for, for a long time down there, even if it wasn't official practice. Um, and it's just, it's just different uh, of your playing uh, indoors in Nebraska. And, and so I, I, you know, give these, these, these guys a couple of weeks to, to, kind of find their stuff. I mean, think about it. This is the equivalent of Major League Baseball having, you know, starting the, the regular season, games that count, and not having literally four to six weeks of spring training, right? I mean, the, the pitchers have six weeks of spring training to get into shape so they look like Major League pitchers on day one. Um, we just don't get that, right? And so it just sometimes takes a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. It's just a different sport. All there is to it. Yeah, it's it's all about it's all about timing. It's all about repetition, um, you know. And while while yeah, you could say the same thing about like football with the quarterback and the wide receivers, things like that. I mean, there's nothing there is nothing harder in sports to do, um, maybe outside of hitting a hole in one of putting a baseball bat on a baseball going coming at you ninety plus miles an hour. It's it's any of anybody out there that thinks that they can actually do that. I I, I would love to see it. Um, because I can guarantee you that's the one sport where it's just like, you know, sit down. Like, there's no way. It's really hard. Sorry. It really yeah, is. It's funny. There's a Facebook group that I'm in. It's a baseball group. And there's a guy once that made a comment after Josh Reddick struck out against uh, Max Scherzer. And he was like, even I could put my bat on the ball for against Max Scherzer. And I'm thinking to myself, I think that was like his Cy Young season or something, you know. And I'm thinking to myself, like, we still to this day in that Facebook group make fun of this guy for saying that. <laughs> and that was And that was when did they play Detroit? It was like back in like 2000. 14 or 13 or something like yeah, that. So, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Good stuff, guys. Good stuff. Uh, all right, hockey. Anything else we need to cover? No. All right. Let's get out of here with some parting shots. And uh, we'll, we'll start with hockey. All right. We'll uh, leave it to my mom to take one of them. I was going to wish happy <laughs> birthday to, to Coach Osborne there tomorrow. Thanks a lot, Mom. Um, we talked a little bit earlier about the Big Ten money and what it potentially could be in the future, but uh, this is—I thought this was interesting. I saw Stuart Mandel posted this that just in the last few months, Ryan Day has gone from being the highest-paid coach in the Big Ten at six point six million to fifth, behind Tucker at nine and a half, Franklin at eight and a half, Harbaugh at eight, and Ferentz now is at uh, seven million. So, in, in just a matter of months, we went from first to fifth. I'm sure Ohio State might do some things to rectify that, but still, uh, th- there is some money out there. And can we just get a third baseball coach and maybe even 15.3 scholarships for baseball? Come on, <laughs> come on. There we go. I like it. I like it. Um, tonight, basketball. Uh, Nebraska ball has three seasons in program history with 20 plus losses. 
all three have come from under Fred Hoiberg. <laughs> so uh, to say I'm beyond disbelief how poorly his tenure has gone at this point would be a, a major understatement. I can't believe it. I was out there. I'm going out to uh, Denver in a couple of weeks to watch March Madness with you guys. And Dave, two or three years ago, whatever it was, I remember that we were out there right when we were courting yep, um, right. Hoiberg. And it was just such a no-brainer. It's like, oh, my God, we just got to bring this guy in and, and we'll start counting the Sweet 16s. And I'm just – I, it's not even if I'm, it's not even if I'm disappointed or mad. I'm just, I'm just shocked at how bad this has been. I, it, it blows me away. Last but not least, Omaha North Tyson Terry. We listed him on our in-state recruiting uh, 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 graphic there earlier from the 2025 class. So he's only a freshman right now. Uh, he's the first freshman in state history to win heavyweight in wrestling last weekend. So congratulations to Tyson Terry. Again, he has a, a Husker offer already. Uh, he went undefeated and he holds an early offer already. And I can just tell you this, he looks like a smaller version right now of the polar bear as a freshman in high school. It's it's really impressive. So uh, congrats, Tyson. Congrats to all the wrestlers that that uh, that won championships last week. Congrats to the, to the female wrestlers in Nebraska. This is the first year that uh, – they uh, they were able to go for championships and, and medals, and so uh, anyways, it's it's always fun to see the high schoolers uh, going out there and competing and, and winning titles. All right, well, I did lose count, but that did seem like a honky's fest parting shot. I, 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 was, How come well, you didn't give him the wrap it up? Well, mom, mom and dad took one of mine. Come on, <laughs> they, they frazzled me. That's right. That's right. Uh, okay, Redcast Rob, what do you got? Well, I would just like to say that after my interview with Kevin Williams Jr. last Monday, um, last Thursday or Friday, an article on 24-7 Sports or CBS Sports, I think those two like share a ride or something like that, came out all about him and his journey. So I would just like to take full credit for Kevin Williams gaining fame would. across the entire, uh, you know, basically now he's made national news with those two and um, you know, and, and him and I were messaging back and forth on Twitter about it, laughing. And he said, obviously it's you. That's, I mean, so <laughs> I was just, he said, that. He, he said, obviously and he was laughing when you. he said it, Rob. Oh, and he, we were absolutely just having a great time about it. So, um, no, it's, 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 it's cool to just kind of see him getting some recognition. Cause I, I do think he's going to be a difference maker for this team. I do think he will end up running with the ones here by the time everything's said and done. Um, and also, I would just like to say thanks to my dad for tuning in and listening tonight. While he hasn't commented on Facebook, I know he's watching um, because he liked our post. So, and I'd like to thank all. I think we got up to twelve people watching us live at one at any given time. So, uh, you know, it's a uh, let's don't forget to like and share our posts. Let all your friends know that we're on here live. And you know, the more the more people we get watching, the the funner it could be. The more uh, comments we're getting, everything we'd love to answer some of those. And we hope you guys like the new format. And thanks for tuning in tonight. Cool. All right, and uh, Boomer, get us out of here. Okay. Well, I guess I'll take us out of here. Uh, first thing, uh, just Huskers in Massachusetts. Actually, our our history goes back way further than you might think. Our very first football coach, uh, Dr. Langdon Frothingham, uh, for the 1890 team. He was from uh, Massachusetts and attended school at Harvard. So it, it goes back to the beginning of our time at uh, Massachusetts there. So, And uh, a later coach, Alonzo Edmund Branch, was also from Massachusetts. But the less we talked to him about him, the better. He was, uh, quite frankly, terrible. So, But uh, <laughs> we just pretend he didn't exist. 
Uh, the only other shout out I've got is uh, I'm looking forward to AFL Australian Rules Football is kicking off here soon. The preseason starts actually it'd be today, at, I suppose, in Australia time. It's like next week there already. With the, my my, my like North that. Melbourne yeah. more, Melf, North Melbourne Roos are playing D's. <laughs> Yeah, I, which you know, I, I I'd love to know what their mascot is if they're best not to know, Rob. Yeah, just, best not to know. That, please don't so. say the name again. God. Yeah, please don't. Yeah, North <laughs> that Melbourne Ruse. Very good. But, but uh, and Boomer, you're a Saint Kilda, right? Saint Kilda. Yep, the Saints. So yep, together we rise, and I look forward to another <laughs> early season of hopes and dreams being completely crushed. So all right, so, <laughs> Dave, do you have, do you have an Australian team? Yeah, I follow the whole whole league really, but um, I, I kind of like Hawthorne um, in particular. Um, a few others, um, yeah, it's all good stuff. Uh, okay. It's uh, great, great to watch uh, late night on Friday and Saturdays uh, when the kids go to bed, and uh, you can put a few bucks on it and uh, you know enjoy some random sports. If you don't quite fully understand what's going on, but you kind of know enough. You, yeah. you get to put some money on it out there in Colorado. Maybe one yeah, day. That's, Maybe that's... one day, Boomer, we'll be able to do the same the same here. Who knows? Right. Uh, possibly. I mean, heck, PBA selling pot out of the, the arena now. So, yeah, maybe <laughs> we'll get to that. So, yeah. Wow, wow, wow. All right. That's right. That's right. All right, guys. Great show. Had a lot of fun. Um, uh, and uh, until next time, let's call that a go big red cast go big red gbr a huda media production